Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning, listening friends. Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Elder Joe Nettles. I also welcome you on behalf of my partner in this ministerial effort, Elder David Wise. I pastor Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church located at 40283 Wolf Road in Caledonia, Mississippi. And Brother David is the wonderful and learned pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church located at 11 Staten Road in Ackerman, Mississippi. Both of our churches meet at 1030 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we invite you vigorously to come and visit with us. We also gather together every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m., at the New Covenant Church, that's 200 West Garrard Road, G-A-R-R-A-R-D, 200 West Garrard Road in Starkville, Mississippi, 6 p.m. every Wednesday night. Also go to our website that services this broadcast, gospel-of-grace.com. Today we're going to carry on with a series of messages regarding indispensable grace. Today we will speak of the motive. And uh, just hang with us. We'll be right back after this hymn. He's gone, the spotless soul is gone, triumphant to his place above. The prison walls are broken down, the angels speed his swift remove. And shouting on their wings he flies, and goes to rest in paradise. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Glory, glory, let us sing. Grateful honors to our King. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Saved by the merit of his Lord, glory and praise to Christ he gives. He now enjoys the full reward, the joys of heaven he now receives. The life he lived while here below is proof that he's at rest, we know. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Glory, glory, let us sing grateful honors to our King. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Thank you so much for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel Grace Radio Broadcast. Again, I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I'm opening my Bible to Romans chapter 8. And today we're going to continue with the thoughts of indispensable grace. That means grace that had the Lord not given it unto us. There are so many things in our lives that just couldn't be upheld, couldn't be executed, couldn't be accomplished. Uh, We wouldn't even be here but for the grace of God. In him, we live and move and have our being. And we've spoken how badly we need grace regarding worship, uh, our providential care from day to day, 
protection from evil men and protection from even the natural perils of this world. And today we're going to speak about the motives of men, how badly uh, grace is indispensable when it comes to worshiping the Lord or doing anything toward God in a proper motive. Now, a motive, my friends, is what moves you to do something, what moves you to desire something. Uh, and the motive is very important, we're going to see in the Word of God regarding anything that is acceptable unto God. I may write a million-dollar check to an orphanage, and, and the world may look at that and say, oh, that's just a wonderful gift. But what if I'm doing that for an ulterior motive of just wanting to get closer to the children as so many perverts have in the past? You see, that motive makes all the difference. A man may kill one man in a military battle trying to protect his homeland from despotic marauders. But then a man may kill another man just for the thrill of killing. You see, the motive makes all the difference. So we go to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses 5 through 8. And we're going to see how badly we need the grace of the Lord when it comes to doing anything in a proper motive. And I'll give you this little prefatory note to this message today. My friends, anything we are to do that would be pleasing unto God, that would be acceptable unto God, anything that be considered righteous or good must needs be with a motive to honor and pleasing God, not any selfish motive, not any ulterior motive. It must be that motive. And we're going to see several scriptures which allude to that. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So here he said the, the mindfulness of man, the things that he thinks about, the things that he wants, he desires, those things that he daydreams about. He said, they that are after the flesh, they will only mind the things of the flesh. They'll only move to the beat of that fleshly drummer. They will not want spiritual things because he said, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Carnally minded means you are void of the spirit of God. There's been no spiritual birth for you. So before you were born again, you were carnally minded. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And he tells you why. Verse seven, because the carnal mind is enmity, against God. That's the unborn again mind is an enemy against God. And that enemy, not only in action, but also in thought and in motive. God does nothing for the carnal man except get in his way of his own selfish aims and desires. He only suppresses him and oppresses him from doing what he wants and expressing himself the way he wants. You see, that is the carnal mind. It is enmity. That means it's an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So this paints a very dire, terrible picture of the carnal mind, does it not? And we see this agreed with and harmonious from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's called total depravity. A man not born again of the Spirit of God, he is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Somebody said, well, what if he changes his mind? No. According to the inspired word of God through the apostle Paul, it is impossible for a man on his own to just change from being carnally minded 
so spiritually minded. He's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now we look at Thayer's on the word subject here, for it is not subject to the law of God, speaking of the carnal mind or his motive, his reason behind what he does. Uh, Hupoteso, Hupoteso, excuse me, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can look up Greek words. So Thayer's on Hupoteso means to obey, to be subject. Now, a lot of times you see this word was a Greek military term, meaning to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. But in non-military use, which is what how we're using it in the word of God uh, in this context, in non-military use, it was, quote, a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Here, what is painted about the mind being subject to the law of God is that it would be voluntary. It would be something that this subject would desire to do. Okay. Uh, but we see my friends that something has to be done for the carnal mind. It has to be changed to a spiritual mind. Okay. Notice Proverbs chapter 17, verse 16. Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it. So what's he saying there? Wherefore is there the, a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom? It's very likened to what we hear day in and day out. People say, well, you know what? You can have eternal life. You can do it. All you have to do is you have to choose it. Here, uh, you have to pray the sinner's prayer or you have to do this. You're not born again right now, but if you do this, then you'll invite the Lord into your heart and you'll be born again and then you'll be saved. But this proverb precludes that. As a possibility. Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom? Before you're born again, you are a fool. Uh, the fool has said in his heart, uh, there is no God. Uh, you're that type of person. You're a fool. But yet the wisdom under consideration here is spiritual wisdom. So he's saying, why in the world would you command something of a fool to get spiritual wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? You see, there's the motive. You can't make someone want to do something. And I've told you this many times on this program. You can force people to do something. You can threaten people to the point that they will do it. But you cannot force them to want, to desire to do something. That springs from the very nature within a man. Okay? Notice uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now Israel... What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? See, that makes you perk your ears up, doesn't it? What does the Lord thy God require of thee? And some people may say, well, see, all you, you're not born again. Now all you have to do is such and such and such and such. Well, here is such a statement. What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? I want to know. And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You know, the only thing you can do there that doesn't speak of motive is to walk in his ways, in all his ways. But when you dissect that statement, even that requires your motive be proper. But notice the other things that are listed. Fear the Lord thy God. Romans chapter 3 said, 
There is no fear of God before the eyes of unborn again men. But here he says, what is necessary? What does God require of thee? To fear the Lord thy God. That means to have a reverential awe of his awesome power and being. Again, to walk in all his ways. Notice the next one. And to love him. How can you force yourself with a motive of love? You can't. My friends, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. You see, your motive was corrupt until his love was placed in your heart and he caused you to love him. Notice the next phrase, and to serve the Lord thy God. And somebody might say, well, you know, anybody can serve. Well, it doesn't stop there. There's a prepositional phrase, with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So you just can't serve as an automaton, as a robot. You must do it with heart and with the soul and with feeling. Well, from whence does that feeling come? It speaks again to Mark chapter 12 in the New Testament, Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Notice how he begins here. Here he's boiling all of the law of the Old Testament down into two simple commandments. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. That is not something, my friends, where you can go through the motions. To please God, it takes a motive. Here he speaks of the soul being moved, the mind being moved with all of thy strength, emotional and mental. He said, this is a command that you should do. This pleases the Lord. Well, None of us can do this perfectly, obviously, even the most spiritually minded person. But friends, I'm here to tell you, only someone who's been born of the Spirit of God can even make a whack at this, can even have this motive of love toward God and toward his fellow man. You see, it's a matter of cause and effect. You've heard of that before, the law of cause and effect. Basically, everything that happens in this world has a cause and you know, that's what we speak to. Every effect has a cause and everything you do in this world has an effect. Okay. William Shakespeare famously said, every why hath a wherefore. That's the matter of cause and effect, the law of cause and effect. An old Italian proverb says, every cask smells of the wine it holds. Okay. So you're going to be able to determine the nature of the cask regarding the smell that it gives off. And see, in the nature of man, it's going to give off an odor. It's going to give off an expression of the very nature within it. If it's not born again, it's going to despise the things of God and be rebellious and churlish in all of its ways. But if it's been born again of the Spirit of God, if that's the wine that that cask has held, it will give off that wonderful smell. Now, let's consider cause and effect briefly as touching the heart and mind. Now, when we speak in the Bible of the heart and the mind, they both uh, are referred to as expressions of the soul. We both see the heart and the mind as expressions of the immortal soul of man, okay? Well, let's look at the heart, okay? Now, we're not just talking about the organ that beats, that pumps blood. In the Bible, when it speaks of the heart, it's speaking of the, the seat of emotions and meditations and desires of man, Okay, the inner yearnings, the inner desires, that heart that can break, 
uh, okay? That is your seat of emotions, the, the expression of the soul of men. Notice in Jeremiah 17, 9, what it says of this heart. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Does that sound like a heart that has the possibility, the capacity to love God with all of itself and all of its being? Certainly not. Again, you see in Proverbs 28, 26, he that trusteth in his own heart, and that's what we hear in every Disney movie and practically every teen show, is just follow your heart. The counsel of God's word is diametrically opposed to that. Do not follow your own natural inclinations. But if you have spiritual inclinations, you follow those according to the word of God. He will not lead you astray. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, according to Proverbs 28, 26. But whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. That means if you're able to walk with spiritual wisdom, deliverance is yours. But he that trusteth in his own heart, left to his own devices, left to his own carnal mind, he is a fool and there's no way you can make him any other way. Ecclesiastes 9 and 3. Notice this. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil. Notice that he's speaking of the natural man, obviously, because a spiritual born again person filled with love and desire unto God and to help other people is not full of evil. But yet the heart of the sons of men here, it says, is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Oh, my friends, that is the state of the unborn again heart. Well, now let's look at the mind. The mind being, of course, that which meditates, that which thinks, that which acts, that compels us, it also is an expression of the state or nature of the soul of man. So look in Psalm 119, verse 155. Salvation is far from the wicked. Why? For they seek not thy statutes. Okay? Uh, again, in Romans 3, that famous description of the depraved man said, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh, after God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And this agrees with that. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. They, they will not seek after them. They will not love them. They will have no inner compulsion to seek them. Notice Proverbs uh, 2, verses 12 through 14. Uh, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. And froward in the Bible is meaning evil or wicked, rough, contrary. Okay, we'll, we read again. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked. You see, that is a description of unregenerated, unborn again man. He delights in these things. Uh, he will run as far away from the uh, paths of uprightness to dwell in the ways of darkness uh, like a scalded dog. He'll be gone. Look in Isaiah 26 10. Let favor be showed to the wicked. Now, many people say, well, we can change his mind, we can change her mind. Again, the word of God speaks clearly to this, friends. Let's believe the word of God. 
Isaiah 26.10, Let favor be showed to the wicked, yet will he not learn. That speaks of the mind, right? Yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. When Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 11, gave his wonderful invitation to all those who labor and are heavy laden. He said to take his yoke upon us and to learn of him. Well, here it says the wicked, he will not learn righteousness. Uh, he will deal unjustly. He will not behold the majesty of the Lord. So obviously that invitation that Jesus gave and extended in Matthew chapter 11 was to regenerated persons who are seeking after him, who are needing their relief from their burden of sin and who have a desire to learn righteousness. According to Isaiah 26, 10, this is not an invitation to the wicked. Proverbs 10 and three, the Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. There it speaks of the soul of man, mind, heart, and soul. He will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. But then he speaks of the soul as substance in the next phrase, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. Why? Because it is dross, it is filth, it is chafe, worthy to be burned. The soul of the wicked will have destruction one day. But now, let's look at the contrary. Let's look at the spiritual mind in closing. Let's look at a spiritual heart. Now, we've looked at a natural heart, and it was deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and it was froward, and it was not to be trusted, and only a fool would uh, follow the compulsions of that heart. But now, let's look at what the Bible says about a spiritual heart. Proverbs 16.1, the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. You see, it's the Lord and his grace that has to make it possible for you to have a proper preparation in your heart and of your tongue. So if anyone comes to the point of being convicted over their sins, wanting to confess the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it is an evidence that the grace of God has been applied unto that person through the new birth, and they are now expressing themselves with the spiritual nature within them and not simply just a natural carnal nature. Oh, it is from the Lord. Praise God. Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. You see, people giving gospel invitations in this day and age intimate that you're evil, you're not born again, you're not secure yet for heaven, you're not covered by the blood of Jesus yet, but out of yourself, we want you to bring forth a good thing. But that is counter. Uh, to what the word of God says, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart, bringing forth good things. If someone is able to confess the Lord and Savior, uh, to be convicted over their sins, to want to confess him, according to Romans chapter 10, it is even nigh them. How nigh to them? It is even in their heart and in their tongue. It is already in them, the grace and the love of God that he's placed there in the new birth. Acts 16, 14, there was a woman named Lydia, a seller, seller of purple, and she heard the preaching of the apostle Paul and the apostles said, uh, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. See, it took the Lord's acting, his volition, 
his grace to make the change. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Here he alludes to the creation account. And before God made light to shine, there was no light. There could not be any light to be had except the Lord gave it. And here he is saying, for one to believe the gospel, for one to receive Jesus Christ's uh, life, his ministry, uh, his teachings, then a light must have already sprung from within them. And that light is by the grace of God. We look at the spiritual mind quickly. First Corinthians chapter two, verses nine through 11. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. See, it speaks to the heart as well as the mind. He goes on to say, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. He said, a natural man, eye hath not seen it, ear hath not heard it, and it has not entered into the heart of man. But I can tell you, when God places it there of his Spirit and he testifies of his Spirit, that person is able to see it and know it. Proverbs 2 and 6 reads, this great chapter speaking of eternal spiritual wisdom. Proverbs 2 and 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Where do you, where do you get wisdom? Not the wisdom of this world. You can go into a university and get uh, carnal, cold, unbelieving, uh, earthly uh, knowledge and wisdom, uh, so-called wisdom. Here he's talking about true wisdom, spiritual wisdom. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. And then a little bit further down in, in verses 10 through 12, he says, when wisdom entereth into thine heart. It sounds to me like something was placed there, right? And who gave it? It was out of the mouth of God comes knowledge and understanding. The Lord giveth wisdom. And here Solomon tells his son, when wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. I hope, my friends, through this review of Scripture, you've been made to see how desperately we are in need of the grace of the Lord to worship him in a proper motive. Because you can mouth any sinner's prayer. You can insert your name in any invitation. I insert your name here, receive you, O Lord Jesus, into my heart. You can read those things like a parrot. You can bark like a dog. But I'll tell you, unless the motive has been made right within you, and that's not something you can change on your own, that had to be uh, prepared of the Lord. My friends, when you feel these spiritual compulsions and convictions and desires unto Jesus Christ, it shows you that you're already his child. Now what you need to do is cast off the ways of this world, take up your cross and confess him. There's great salvation and assurance in that. And I encourage you and implore you today to attend a local primitive Baptist church that teaches these things. Confess your Lord and Savior and join yourself to her and walk in peace and harmony and love and joy. Oh, until the Lord comes to carry us home. Until we're able to speak with you again on such wonderful, noble, august subjects, may the Lord's grace be upon you specially.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15 just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the grace of Jesus.